Welcome to episode 14 in the Lives of the Saints second series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Gregory the Great, whose feast day is March 12th. He is called Gregory the Great to distinguish him from the many other Gregories on the list of saints. The musical theme is Horatio Nelson's hymn, From All the Saints in Warfare, written in 1864 A.D. and played to the tune Aurelia, primarily remembered as the tune for The Church's One Foundation. The recording was produced in the United Kingdom by Richard Irwin, whose website, www.hymnswithoutwords.com, includes many traditional Anglican hymns and tunes available for download and use in local worship. I thank Richard Irwin for granting permission for its use. St. Gregory was born circa 540 A.D., into a wealthy and influential family in Rome. His father was a Roman senator. His mother was later named a saint by the Roman Catholic Church. At that time, the city of Rome was largely ruins following the Visigoth conquests, which followed the move of the imperial capital to Constantinople centuries earlier. The family land in Rome was on the Celian Hill, one of the seven hills of Rome, and directly opposite the Palatine Hill, where the ruins of the Colosseum and the government palaces stood. The illustration is a 19th century stained glass window at Staybrook, Belgium, showing a dove symbolizing the Holy Spirit whispering in his left ear, a pen in his right hand, and a purple book on his left in his left arm. The image of the dove at his ear was inspired by the contemporary account of Peter the Deacon in which he described a dove on Gregory's shoulder appearing to whisper to St. Gregory while he was writing his contemporary uh, his commentary on Ezekiel. Although contemporary accounts describe him wearing a monk-like modest wearing monk-like modest clothing even during his years as a pope, artists always show him wearing the more elaborate, often red garments worn by later popes. His youth may have been spent at the family estate on the island of Sicily in order to escape the Visigoth assaults on Rome during the 540s. Order in the city was not restored until sometime after 552 A.D. when the military forces of the Byzantine Empire reconquered Rome. St. Gregory's education was classical, including grammar, literature, science, art, history, and law. He spoke and wrote in Latin and did not learn Koine Greek or New Testament Greek. At around age 30, about 570 A.D., Gregory was appointed prefect of Rome, the highest civil authority in the city. This was an era in which nearly all of Italy, 
was a set of contending kingdoms and duchies outside the control of the church at Rome. After his father's death, St. Gregory gave away the family land on the Celian Hill, creating the monastery of St. Andrew, which was posthumously renamed in honor of St. Gregory, and donated the family's land in Sicily, where he had grown up, to the church. In 574 AD, he abandoned his short civil career to become a monk at St. Andrew's, fulfilling his desire for a life of solitude and prayer. As a biographer observed, he traded bejeweled silk robes for a monk's cowl. In 578 AD, he was made one of the seven deacons of Rome. The illustration for this and the next several slides is a statue of St. Gregory at the Church of the Immaculate Conception in Lepoglava, Croatia. In 579 AD, at the request of civil and religious leaders, he emerged from the monastery to become the church's ambassador to the Byzantine court at Constantinople. The objective of the mission to the Byzantine capital was to obtain military and financial relief for the impoverished population of Rome. That goal was not achieved. Byzantine authorities considered other battles with regional powers to be more important. However, St. Gregory himself was highly regarded within the Byzantine court and with the authorities in the Byzantine church. After six years at Constantinople, he returned to Rome and re-entered the monastery of St. Catherine on Celian Hill, as its, serving as its abbot. He wrote about his years at the monastery in his book Dialogues, calling them the most rewarding years of his life. In the Eastern Church tradition, he is still called St. Gregory the Dialogist, but that is to distinguish him from St. Gregory Nazianzen, known in the Eastern Church as Gregory the Great. In 590 A.D., his life was changed yet again by external forces. Upon the death of Pope Pelagius II, the clergy of Rome elected St. Gregory by acclamation as the new pope, even though he expressed in writing a strong desire against it. His consecration was delayed for six months pending approval from the Byzantine authorities at Constantinople, and he was officially installed as Pope on September the 3rd, 390 A.D. He is widely regarded as the first modern Pope with a long list of landmark achievements. He was the first monastic ever to be made Pope. The old Julian calendar was abandoned with the new Gregorian calendar to replace it, the one which we still use today. He was the first pope to focus, whose focus was on missions. He sent a personal emissary to England, St. Augustine of Canterbury, or Augustine as the English folks say, to distinguish him from the early fourth, late 4th, early 5th century St. Augustine or Augustine of Hippo. 
The early English church historian, the Venerable Bede, pointed out later that Augustine found that the Celtic church had gotten there before Augustine. The See of Canterbury in the Church of England descends from that mission of St. Augustine. He also sent other successful missions into the area which is now part of France and Germany. Gregory developed one of the earliest lists of the primary virtues and the opposing or contrary virtues. He insisted upon gathering and recording the works of the earlier Italian saints, including Augustine of Hippo and Ambrose of Milan. St. Gregory was among the strongest voices in the Western Church for the Trinitarian doctrines declared at the first four ecumenical councils which had met at Nicaea, Constantinople, Ephesus, and Chalcedon in the 4th and 5th centuries. He wrote to John, Bishop of Constantinople, saying, I confess that I receive and revere as the four books of the gospel, so also the four councils. For more on the work of these councils and the three other ecumenical councils, see the AIC video series, The Nicene Creed, using the episode links at our website, http colon slash slash net with the further extension of slash digital hyphen library. During St. Gregory's rule at Rome, important changes to the church's liturgies were introduced. He is considered the author of the Liturgy of the Presanctified Gifts, which is still used in the Eastern Church and which is the basis for Deacon's Holy Communion, which is used in many Anglican jurisdictions. The worship books of the church were reorganized, creating a group now known as the Gregorian Sacramentaries, although there is no direct evidence of St. Gregory's personal participation. The Gregory, Greg, excuse me, the Gregorian Sacramentaries are the inspiration for at least 30 of the collects in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, especially those for the major feast days and saint day, saints' days. The pre-Gregory sanctuaries are generally known as the Gelasian sacramentaries. He introduced the use of Alleluias after the gradual verses. By tradition, these may be said in all non-penitential seasons. He introduced the phrase "servant of the servant of servants of God" as a title for bishops, archbishops, and popes. You will hear that phrase today in the Collect for the Feast of Gregory the Great. His interest in the music of the Alexandrian Church, uh, which did antiphonal singing, led to the creation of what is now called the Gregorian chant, from which Anglican plainsong chant descends. Gregory was canonized not long after his death by popular acclamation to which the Roman Church officially agreed in subsequent years. His relics, which were moved several times, were reburied in 1606 A.D. at Rome in the chapel of St. Clement V in the partially finished new St. Peter's Basilica, which replaced the original St. Peter, which date, dated to the era of Constantine. 
The collect for the Feast of St. Gregory the Great is from the 1963 edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. The illustration is a detail from the 16th century oil-on-canvas Dinner with Gregory the Great by Giorgio Vasari at Bologna, Italy, as noted earlier, depicting Gregory in a dark red garment. Almighty and merciful God, who didst raise up Gregory, a servant of the servants of God, by whose labor the English people were brought into the knowledge of the Catholic and apostolic faith, Preserve in thy church evermore a thankful remembrance of his zeal and devotion that thy people, being fruitful in every good work, may receive with him and thy servants everywhere the crown of glory that fadeth not away. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for episode 14 in the Lives of the Saints second series. Next time, in episode 15, I celebrate the life of St. John Climacus, whose feast day is March 30th. Episodes of all our videos are available on both our YouTube channel, the full URS address of which is https, and make sure to include the S, colon slash slash www.youtube.com, right slash C, Write slash St. John C. with St. spelled out, but also through the episode links at our newly redesigned website for which the URL address is http colon slash slash www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. At that site, the digital library link gives access to our seasonal videos and other videos. The Bible study link similarly connects you to our two Bible study of video series, the New Testament, colon, Gospels, and Revelation. Additional series are planned for later in A.D. 2017. The Podcast Homilies link gives access to the archive of MP3 Podcast Homilies. The Virtual Bookstore links at the bottom center provide access to information about about both the paperback and Kindle editions of all our AIC bookstore publications. Purchase of these books helps fund this Internet ministry. 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.